Welcome to my homestead, y'all. I'm your host, Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. I'm working to create a home with a little farm, a little faith, a lot of food, and a bit of funky. I'm learning all about growing and preserving our food supply, raising chickens and children, and becoming more self-sufficient while leaning hard on Jesus. And I want to take you along for the ride. So grab yourself a cup of something wonderful, and let's visit a while. episode 44 of the Funky Farm Girl podcast. Top 10 easiest things to grow. I'm your host Jenny Veliki, also known as the Funky Farm Girl. Welcome back. This week we're going to be talking about 10 of the easiest things you can grow in your garden this year. But before we get to today's episode, let's talk about what's happening on the homestead this week. Each week we give you a small little feature to let you know what we're doing, what things are going on on our homestead, and this week it's all about the babies. Spring has definitely sprung here on our little homestead, and we can see that with all the baby things that we have growing and coming along here on the homestead. First of all, we have baby chicks we were able to bring home some baby chicks on Thursday we brought home two Wyandotte and four Americana Easter Egger chicks we're excited to raise those and add those to our laying flock I'll be picking up another coop and run setup tomorrow for them when they grow a little bit bigger Also, on Saturday, Georgia was able to bring home two bunnies that she's worked really, really hard to earn the money to have and to get their setup all completed, and now they are here. So we have Dandy, which is short for Dandelion, and Sunny, which is short for Sunflower, and they are both a mix of lion head dwarf and jersey woolly rabbits and so they are just adorable you can find lots of pictures and video of them on my instagram page the funky farm girl and on top of all those things we're also growing some seeds we have seeds growing in the windowsill we have winter sown seeds in our winter sowing jugs sitting out in the garden and we have some direct sown seeds of kale and spinach and swiss chard and mustard greens and collard greens that we're waiting to see sprout and begin growing so so excited for all the things that are growing and coming to life on our homestead this is definitely the week for all the babies Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to give you a heads up about a giveaway I'm doing over on Instagram. If you'll go check out my page, The Funky Farm Girl, on Instagram, you can watch an IGTV video demo that I did of how to make your own vanilla extract using vanilla beans 
from Native Vanilla. I'm doing a giveaway this week of a extract kit and a bag of vanilla bean sugar from Native Vanilla that will go to one of my followers over on Instagram. So if you would like to enter that giveaway, please be sure to go over and find me on Instagram at the Funky Farm Girl. Make sure you enter by midnight this Friday, and then we will announce the winner on Saturday morning. So stay tuned for that if you follow me on Instagram. This week's topic is the top 10 easiest things to grow in the garden. I want to start with a reminder. Usually we start with a why. And when we think about our why when it comes to the garden, I think the why can kind of get us bogged down to the point that maybe we have a hard time starting. Because maybe our why is that we want to feed our families better quality food. Maybe our why is that we're trying to replace more of what we buy at the store. We want to have organic food or we want to have heirloom food or we want to have better quality things than what we would buy at the grocery store. And so because we want the very best when we start to make decisions about what to put in our gardens... We can get quickly overwhelmed. Do we grow heirloom? Do we grow organic? Do I buy seeds or do I do starts? Which things are going to give me the most bang for my buck as far as production or um, staying away from pests? And which ones are going to be needing lots of space? And how do I keep all that at a premium? So before we start with all of the different things that we can consider when it comes to these 10 easy things to grow, I want to remind you that the most important thing of all is just that you start. I want to make sure that you remember that the goal is to produce something. That something may not be 100% organic this year. That something may not be an heirloom grown from seed plant but even if you start with pre-done starts from a commercial nursery that you buy at Walmart that's still food that you're growing for your family it doesn't have to be perfect to be valuable you can begin right where you are and use the things you have If you really, really want to have a big raised bed garden one year, but this year what you have is four containers on your patio, then do something with that. Don't wait until you have everything in place before you begin, or you may never begin. So my admonishment to you at the beginning of all this is to just start. Don't worry so much about what perfection would look like. Next year, there'll be another gardening season. Next year, you can get one step closer to that idealized garden that you have in your mind. Don't feel like you have to get there all at once. Let's start where you are. And with that, let's make some easy decisions today and help you walk through 10 super easy things 
to grow in your garden that are going to give you success and some confidence get your feet up under you and get you really started as a gardener with enough confidence that next year you can begin to make even better choices and get even closer to that ideal garden in your mind. So without further ado, let's get into our top 10. Number one in our top 10 this week is beans. These can be bush beans or pole beans. They could be green beans or maybe they're um, cow peas or something like that. Black eyed peas. Any of these kinds of beans that are of a bush or a pole variety. The bush beans are going to do really well in a container. They're going to do really well in a raised bed or even in ground could even do them in the side of a flower bed because they're not going to spread very much they're going to stay where they are and they're going to be easy and very prolific so beans are really really easy the thing that you want to make sure is that you plant enough of them to get a sufficient amount to be able to cook it um, when you pick it Otherwise, you're going to need to snap the peas, the beans, and blanch them, put them in the freezer. And then once you have enough, use those. So, they're great. Just make sure you plant enough to get enough of a harvest for the size family that you have. But beans are my first choice. My second choice, number two, would be cherry tomatoes. This year we're growing two types of cherry tomatoes. We are growing my favorite, which is the yellow pear tomatoes. These are a lovely little pear-shaped, smaller tomato that is a beautiful yellow color. They're sweet and mild, and they're wonderful in salad. They're also really great roasted in the oven and added to tomato sauce and things like that. They're just lovely to grow. And we're also, Georgia is going to grow some jelly bean cherry tomatoes this year. These are the typical grape tomatoes that you would find at the store. And this is a little bush variety, and so it'll work really great in a container. And she's going to plant that right in amongst her flowers this year. So cherry tomatoes tend to be smaller a little bit bushier um, and they're easier to do in a container so look for tomatoes like tiny tom or the yellow pear or even the jelly bean if you're looking for a container cherry tomato to grow on your back patio on a balcony or even in a bucket so cherry tomatoes would be my number two pick Number three pick would be cucumbers. I think that last year cucumbers were the easiest thing to grow that I had in all of my garden. And I think the thing that made the biggest difference was trellising those cucumbers. I had tried for years to grow them along the ground and had no success at all. But once I trellised my cucumbers, <coughs> excuse me, and got them off the ground, 
and got them some airflow underneath. I was able to prevent powdery mildew because they had better airflow. They weren't sitting in wetness when they were watered. And um, growing them up on the trellis really, really helped to give them just prolific produce. You can grow anything from gherkins to long English cucumbers on a trellis. This year I'm growing cucamelons, which are small Mexican gherkins that really look like little tiny baby watermelons about the size of a grape. And you can grow those all the way up to seedless long English cucumbers like you would find at the store. So there's a lot of variety with cucumbers. Um, be aware of whether or not you're getting cucumbers that are good for pickles, which are going to be a little bit prickly, but they're also going to have smaller seeds or, and they may have a thinner skin, or you may want a slicer cucumber that has larger seeds and a little bit thicker skin because you're going to slice it up and peel it and things like that before you put it in a salad. So cucumbers are number three on our list. Number four would be jalapeno peppers. Jalapenos are very easy to grow. Really anything in the pepper family is pretty easy to grow. You basically set it and forget it. It's it's not one that attracts very many pests. It's not one that deals with things like powdery mildew. So basically you put it out, you give it some heat, some sun, and it's going to grow and produce peppers. Um, it's a pretty simple plant to deal with. You can also take a pepper plant at the end of the year and either leave it in the ground as is and let it overwinter there or dig it up, put it in a pot, bring it inside. And then next year you can put it back out and it will produce even more than it did the year before. I have three pepper plants that I overwintered in my living room window over this past winter and I'm anxious to put them back in the ground and see how they do this coming spring. So peppers are our number four easiest thing to grow, especially jalapenos. So number five and six go hand in hand, and that is kale and Swiss chard. Kale and Swiss chard are both very frost hardy. They are things that can be growing right now in the garden, and they will, they can get frost on them, they can get snow on them, and even when all that melts and goes away, um, they're still going to keep growing. I even saw pictures of people down in Texas with the Arctic blast that came through last week who had kale that was frozen in their greenhouse. And then after the winter weather went away and things thawed back out, that kale just kept growing. So don't be afraid to start early with something like kale and Swiss chard. As a newbie, um, a rookie mistake that you may make is buying ornamental kale plants that are made to go like maybe in a flower bed or something like that. Don't They don't really produce 
kale that we traditionally would eat. It's just sort of like a little puff ball of kale. Um, and so be sure when you look that it, it does not say ornamental kale on it. But it, these are going to be bigger leafy type things for the most part that are going to remind you of things like spinach and collard greens. So kale and Swiss chard. These have a very, very long season. Like I said, you can start them very early in the spring. They can go almost all winter, especially here in Zone 7. Um, and it's something that you can succession plant. So as you pick it and cut it, you can plant more and it'll come back and keep coming back. And it'll be very prolific and easy, easy to grow. You really don't have to do much of anything to it. When you bring it inside, if you're not going to eat it all right away, just stick it in a jar of water and it makes a beautiful little living bouquet right there on your counter and then you can eat it the next day and it'll stay fresh and crisp and beautiful um, and bring some color to your kitchen countertop while you're waiting to eat it. So number five and six is kale and Swiss chard. For number seven, we're going to go back to one of my favorites and that's radishes. I absolutely love to grow radishes because really I don't think there's an easier plant to grow than a radish and a, and a more rewarding plant. These are early starters. They You can start those four to six weeks before your last frost. So for me that means I can start those now. Um, they're quick producers. They will be ready to harvest in as little as 21 days some of them go 30 40 days but most of them are right there in that 28 day window they come in all different kinds of colors and shapes and you can get little french breakfast radishes uh, i'm growing some black globe radishes i'm also going to grow watermelon radishes which are unusually looking you can sow them about every two weeks for succession planning to just have a constant harvest of those all year. They make great little fillers in between new plants that you plant that maybe they're not quite ready to, they're going to take a little while to get a little bigger and grow and fill out the space. And when you first put new plants in the ground, you feel like you have all these gaps and all this empty ground. Well, you can fill those little empty spaces with radish seeds and those radishes will grow and produce and finish up. And about the time they're finished up, those plants are going to be bigger and they're going to fill in that space better. So they can help prevent weeds coming up because you've got your ground covered with other things that are growing in those empty spaces. And radishes are also very container friendly. They really need some good loose rich soil. And so they're going to grow really well in pots or buckets. I'm going to be growing them in grow bags this year for the first time. And I'm excited to see how that will do. But even if you put them in your ground, they're going to help create more aeration in your own soil. So if you do have hard compacted soil, your radishes may not be as big as you would like for them to be, but they're helping to push that soil apart and create pockets of air in that soil where 
you're going to have more room for nutrients and microorganisms and things like that to get in there and begin um, nurturing some roots of your other plants and it'll really help improve your soil health by growing something like radishes. Plus they've got a little bit of a kick but not a whole lot of kick and they're really fun to eat. So radishes are our number seven on our list. Number eight is zucchini. If ever you hear of someone gardening you will hear them say, I have zucchini coming out of my ears. Zucchini is something that tends to be very prolific for most people who grow it. It's It needs some room to spread out, but once you have that room to spread out, it will just multiply and it will grow and it will be huge if you don't stay on top of it. This is another thing that's really great to trellis plant to help inhibit issues like powdery mildew when you get it up off the ground and you give it some some air that helps prevent a lot of the problems yes you may still have some squash bugs to deal with but hopefully one of the other things we're growing is going to help you with that but zucchini is something that you get lots and lots of production from and yes it takes up some space but if you can find a spot to have it spread out then it can yield a lot of produce for you. I'm going to try growing zucchini on the back side of my chicken coop on the slope of the hill going up to the trees this year and see how it does there. The last two things on our list are not veggies. And that's why this is the top 10 things that are easy to grow and not the top 10 veggies that are easy to grow. But these are things that will make growing those eight veggies that we just mentioned easier to grow and more enjoyable. They help deter pests and they help make your garden more beautiful. Number nine is herbs. Herbs are great because not only do they add to your cooking and make your garden even more of a variety and more beautiful. They also produce scents that help to deter pests from your garden. The smell of basil will keep away the types of pests that want to invade your tomatoes. The smell of oregano will do the same thing for your cucumbers. When you look into companion planting, you can see what pairs best with the kinds of things that you're growing in your garden. And that can help you to group things together that work well together. And it can help you to add small things like herbs that help your garden to grow and make your job a little bit easier by keeping away the pests. So things like thyme and oregano and sage are all super great at this and those are all perennial herbs. So you can plant those and they can stay in the same spot and come back the next year. Or they're things that if you grow them in a container you can bring them in for the winter 
keep them in the house and then put them back out um, in the spring and not have to replant the same thing over and over again or regrow it. Basil is a tender annual, so it's not something that you can do that with, but basil is pretty prolific itself. And so, and it's beneficial to a lot of different veggies that are fun to grow in your garden. So, I highly recommend that you add herbs of some type. Herbs are also the one thing where I tend to buy the plant itself and not try to start it from seed. I'm still trying to learn how to grow them from seed, so this year I'm doing both. I have a, a plant to start, but I also have seeds that I'm planting to hopefully come up with more starts so that I have more plants to put in the garden for herbs this year. And then number 10 is our other little beneficial plant that's going to help these other things grow well. And that's marigolds and nasturtiums. And I put these two together because they both do similar things and they're both equally easy to grow and beautiful and beneficial. Marigolds and nasturtiums are going to repel certain pests because of their smell. But on the other hand, they're also going to attract particular pests to them. And doing that is going to pull them away from other things in your garden that those pests are usually attracted to. So marigolds are going to attract things like slugs and aphids so that they're not messing around with your garden otherwise. Nasturtiums are going to attract things like squash bugs. And then those things can munch on these flowers instead of on your vegetables. And so they're kind of a sacrificial plant in that way. Both of them also are attracting pollinators to your garden that are going to help pollinate the flowers that you have coming up on your plants as they're beginning to grow and produce fruit. And both of them are edibles. So you can pick marigolds and you can, number one, feed them to your chickens. They love them. Or you can dry the flowers and use them in a loose tea. The nasturtiums, as we've talked about before, are also edible flowers that have a little bit of a peppery taste to them. You can also soak them in vinegar and produce a beautiful ruby red vinegar that can be used as a vinaigrette salad dressing. You can also take the leaves and either eat them as you would salad greens. It has a little bit of a peppery arugula type taste. Or you can stir fry them. Or you can take those leaves and you can make them into pesto. Nasturtium pesto is amazing. We have jars of it in our freezer now that we're still enjoying from last year's harvest. On top of that, nasturtiums are one of those plants that you can chop and drop. And chop and drop is a way of naturally mulching your garden. So nasturtium can either be a bush plant or it can be a trellising thing. And you can 
take those leaves and you can chop them off and chop them up and throw them back down onto the ground and they will deliver nutrients and things to your garden soil as they decompose and they will add um, beneficials to your garden so they are great for mulching as well so that's our top 10 to recap we have number one beans both bush and pole beans number two cherry tomatoes number three cucumbers number four peppers especially jalapenos number five kale number six swiss chard number seven radishes number eight zucchini number nine herbs like thyme basil oregano and sage and number 10 flowers like marigolds and nasturtiums so what are you growing this year how will you start your garden i'd love to see your garden and love to see the things that you're growing so be sure to tag me in your pictures on instagram and let me see what you're growing send me a message uh, if you have questions or you just want to share your garden with me you can email me jenny at thefunkyfarmgirl.com again my email is jenny at thefunkyfarmgirl.com and don't forget to enter the giveaway with native vanilla to win your own vanilla extract kit and vanilla bean sugar Thanks for stopping by, y'all. I'll see you next week. Thanks for stopping by, y'all. If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.